could talk about time. Adam. Watch a film today. James. We'd explain all the plots that confused you. Scott. And we'd say... Welcome to Time Travel Film Club. Hello from the past, present and future. My name's Scott Hamza and thank you so much for listening to the 10th episode of Time Travel Film Club. A weird, wild and iceberg avoidant journey across some of the best and some of the worst time travel films throughout our timeline. As always, joining me in the TTFC to my right, our resident science guy and the mulder to all of our scullies, it's James Donnelly. Oh, I'm also good with this one. You know, you've given me some great ones on the last couple of episodes, Very welcome. Scott. I thought maybe scully to all of our mulders, because I haven't really watched the X-Files, but I figured you'd be happy either way. I'll be honest, either of them are sexy to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And to my left, film fact finder, extraordinaire, and a man I'll follow down to the pits of hell, Adam Hedges. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, you will. That is where you'd find you. That's, that's where I'd be. We are here, as always, gentlemen, to kick off another episode of the Time Travel Film Club, our collection of 12 time travel movies spanning three decades and five countries. Each episode, our dear listeners will join our past selves for the breakdown, analysis and comparison of a time travel film they may not have heard of. Which brings me to today's episode and this episode's film, I'll Follow You Down, slash, Continuum. We do talk about that in the episode, the weird duplicitous titles, but whichever one you watched, good luck to you. I think they were both available on Amazon. Depending on which country you were in at the time. Mm. I'll Follow You Down was released in 2013, directed and written by Richie Mehta, starring Haley Joel Osment, Victor Garber, Gillian Anderson, Rufus Sewell, a bevy of stars in this film. And from quite a range of backgrounds, we've got a child star, we've got TV stars, we've got film stars, quite an interesting cast. Yeah, real mix in this one. And I think maybe our first Canadian movie on the list. I'd have to double check that, but like Canada coming strong. Before we send you back in time to our past selves, if you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd be more than happy to hear from you. Boys, how can our lovely listeners get in touch? We'd love a like on Facebook at Time Travel Film Club or follow us on Twitter at Time Travel Club. And to let us know which German you'd go back in time to share a meal with, join us on the subreddit r slash Time Travel Film Club or send an email to timetravelfilmclub at gmail.com. And so, without further delay, James Adam, pop on your 50s finest. It's time for some I'll Follow You Down. I think that's a, a, a great start. My very first note is, I will follow you down slash continuum, and then a list of words that have two U's in. Oh. Because I did like think, that. while I was thinking about it, I was like, continuum's a weird word. In fact, UU, that's not a common thing. So I, I looked up some other UU words, mm-hmm. obvious ones out there like vacuum. Vacuum, yeah. And then, of course, uh, residuum. I was quite pleased with that one. So apparently it's just residue. I don't know why you'd say residuum, just residue. Sounds sexy. Yeah. Residuum. residuum? That sounds awful. It just sounds like, like a grime, residuum. dystopian version of Continuum. <laughs> yeah, it's residuum. the sequel. You know how, what were those movies they did? Um, oh, fucking Divergent. Alert. That's it. That's that exactly what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, By the end of it, allergen. they're just making up words like, oh, yeah, yeah, Allegiant. Like it is a word, but no one's ever, you know. What's the that fifth? One, yeah, right? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the first film on the list where we've had an alternate title in some regard because I watched a film called I'll Follow You Down. Which I could not find, so I had to watch Continuum. Which is what it was called when it was released in the UK. So it was, it's yeah, it's Continuum it's, for it's, you guys, but for me... It's for us, but for you. I mean, you watched I'll Follow You. I'm not, I'm not sure where you found that, to be fair. Just, you know, on it. the internet somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sure, I see, sure, I sure, see. Sure, sure. 
Yeah, Amazon only provided me with uh, mm-hmm. Continuum. And I searched for I will follow you down using the jankiest search feature ever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, come on, next one, next one. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it doesn't work. Maybe it's I'll follow you down, not I will. I'll do mm-hmm. it properly. It's like, no, that's that's still not working either. Oh, it's because it's fucking Continuum in this yeah, stupid yeah. country. Yeah. So which name do you prefer, though? I was just going to ask you the same thing. Interestingly, I think I prefer I'll follow you down. I think, I think it fits the feeling of the film more it fits the movie way more i think just because of of, of the kind of tone of it it, and continuum i think sets it up as being something more timeline focused Mm. than than it would than it's than it is and if anything uh, there is no continuum like they the whole point of the film is to make sure that it doesn't happen it is trying to undo itself so if, if there was kind of mentions to trouble with the space time continuum which is a big theme through a lot of time travel movies perhaps not so much in this, actually. It's a kind of straight-laced sort of plot line. One of the things it does have, in addition to being a, a curvature uh, uh, in my head, a, a curvature twin, is that it also has another director-writer pair, this movie. Uh, this is directed and written by Richie Meta, And it got me thinking straight away because, you know, we've, we've been tracking this is our 10th movie now. There we've done we've had this a couple times. We've had writer-director pairings, but I couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint exactly which movies they were. Uh, Infinite Man, is of course, writer director. Um, Los Crono Crimenes, oh, I yeah, think. Of yeah, of course. And he's yeah. also one of the actors, uh, Nacho Vigalondo. I mean, isn't Primer a weird one where it's oh, it's, it's all all of them all at once, yeah. all of the above? Yeah, I think it's yeah. writer director, yeah. main star. Interesting. Do you think it's because somebody would potentially come up with an idea for a time travel movie and then is like, well, I, I want this done my way? Do you think time travel is quite a personal thing for people in terms of plot? I think maybe, and also it's kind of a, you know, we talk about how in time travel films there is the convincer chat, mm. because it's hard to explain to somebody how mm. the time travel works. Yeah. So if you've come up with the idea, it's way easier for you yeah. to just do it than to try and explain it. I like to think there's a kind of situation where somebody comes up with a time travel idea and they sit their friends down in a room with a whiteboard and they do the time travel diagram and they're like, this is how it works. If you tried to do that with, say, Infinite Man, people's minds would Your friends melt. are going to be like, oh, can you... <laughs> It's, Can you it's, leave? It's, it's two o'clock in the morning. Past... Yeah, <laughs> I, need to, I need to go home. <laughs> I agree with you completely, though, uh, James. That it's it's that the in conceiving the plot, you the, you have to have a full understanding of how would we show this because you can't. It's all well and good coming up with a, a riff on he does this and he does this and he does this, but if you don't in in writing the plot of the movie have an a complete understanding of and this is how we present it because for so many of these time travel movies it's not the time travel that's impressive because time travel is time travel it's the manner in which they've presented the time travel that mm. is so impressive infinite man for example is so impressive because it while being complex and being you know not easy to follow it continually kind of keep, lets you keep track of exactly which dean you've got going on and which duplicate and all the all the various times and all the reverts and all that kind of stuff going on and so the way they've done it is just as impressive and so i'm i'm never surprised necessarily that it's a writer director pairing and yet given that we blind pick these movies we don't pick them look at you know knowing who the directors are we don't pick them knowing who the writers are we just pick them based on the plot it's always you know surprising to me that we took a sample size of 12 and i would say we've probably got off the top of my head 50 50 split of writer director yeah i think probably. seems like it yeah Let's get down to it anyway. Let's uh, follow this movie down, uh, deep down into the continuum. If we have to. We open with Gabe, 
who, as I'm sure you will both notice in the show notes forevermore, I've referred to as Daddy. Because <laughs> is there a reason for that? It's just, the movie is like drenched in, in A, bad dads, yeah. and also mm. bad prospective fathers, bad, like, bad generational fathers. You're like right. the whole, it's a, it's a bad dad thing. And so yeah. I, I never wanted to, to lose track of, of the dadness of it. But also, as you will now, now know, it's, it's quite a grim movie. And so I thought us all having to say daddy over and over again would at least make me happy, if not the listener. I mean, I, I, find, uh, I find Rufus to be uh, quite attractive. So calling him daddy makes me feel a bit weird. Yeah, he is I, kind of a daddy. I won't be calling him daddy because I feel the same as James. That's fine. You call I him gay. I call him father. Okay. <laughs> So we open with Daddy, Daddy Gabe, and he's playing chess with his young son, Errol. (laughs) Right at the beginning. We open with Daddy Gabe playing chess with his young son, Errol, and then leaving for a flight to visit Grandpa. And just as he's leaving the flight, Daddy gives his his wife, Marika, a very prolonged and thoughtful goodbye. And so even though, you know, we haven't seen our our main character in this yet, uh, Hayley Joel Osment's Errol... This is where we get introduced to Rufus Sewell, Daddy Gabe, and Gillian Anderson, Mummy Marika. Mummy Marika, yeah. Let me, let me jump in there. and uh, You know this is a time travel film immediately. First line, time's up. Yeah, they do. <laughs> didn't even ne- catch that. Or oh, pocket watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Straight after that, don't reset the game. Yeah. Like, Something's going to happen time-wise. I didn't and catch I'll be back any of those. Oh, oh my like, God. I can't miss them now. I'm You're right. All, I'm oh, that's just cool. searching through films for time things. So, like, there are, there's there's a clock on the wall immediately in the background. You see that straight away. There's a clock on, like, the side table. He's immediately playing with a pocket watch. The whole thing is, like... I mean, the, the this sim- is a time travel film, by the way. This is, like, like a classic series of tropes straight away. The, yeah. the symbolic timepiece. But there's also some non-time travel-related tropes. Uh, the you can tell this kid's going to be a genius because he plays chess with his dad. Was <laughs> yeah. like, how do you introduce this character? How do you make sure everyone knows that he's like well smart? I know yeah, chess. Chess with his father. Bit of chess before leaving for the airport. What have I got to fit in? Couple of queens to knight sevens. Aggressive bowl cut on that kid too. But anyway, that's a whole other side thing. And I personally like if. I were married to Rufus Sewell. Arguably, if I were married to any man, and upon leaving for a flight, he gave me that kind of kiss with that mm. kind of stare. Look at him, I'm being. Like, Are you going to go cheat on me? <laughs> Are you? What's going on here? Yeah, I, I You've I, never said goodbye like yeah, this. Yeah, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, it's not yeah. for you know telling for us, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Tell us, you know, tell us all you want. Mm-hmm. So a little bit of time goes by. We see young Errol playing with young Grace, and we see you know just uh, unfortunately Daddy's not answering phone calls. A little bit of worry for Marika, and so as she is going to pick Daddy up from the airport, he's not there. He hasn't you know he hasn't been answering his calls, and he's he's missed his return flight, and so. Somewhat panicked, she starts making some phone calls, phones the hotel. He hasn't checked out yet. And so she phones Grandpa. I was wondering at this point, because they had just, we hadn't seen Grandpa yet. So I had assumed Rufus Sewell's going to visit his own father. Oh, this, I got really confused. I, could, <laughs> I couldn't tell whose dad this was. She calls him dad, but I presumed it was his dad. Mm, but it's but, not. It is her dad. It is, it is her, her dad. Who we assume he's met her because her dad taught him at university is that what we're yeah, assuming yeah so there's a there's a cafe later on that they obviously she looks at a booth they don't actually mention it but like she looks at a booth like oh maybe that's where they sat and had their first milkshake yeah they the don't yeah I yeah know, they weird, definitely right? met at princeton I, the, the weird thing for me is first of all whose father was he you i eventually put two and two together that well rufus sewell's british and the other two are speaking with american accents so uh, grandpa must be marica's father mm. okay fine with that 
The problem I had is, is that just for my eyes, Victor Garber looks like he could be their brother. Like he's, they mm, all look so the useful. same age. Mm, yeah. So I did a bit of, a little bit of digging because I wanted to know if it was just me or if mm. it was, you know, uh, the way of the world. It turns out it is just me because in this movie at time of filming, Victor Garber, who plays uh, Grandpa, he's also the ca- uh, the architect of the ship, the designer of the ship in Titanic. That's, that's where, where I, I know him yeah, from. Yeah. Right, yeah. He's done loads of other stuff, yeah, but come yeah, on, yeah. Titanic. Yeah. At time of filming, Victor Garber was 62. He's also from London, Canada. 62. 62 okay. at, time of, at time of filming. Okay. I've been to um, London, Canada. Or at least Ooh. at time of release, sorry, 2013. God knows when they filmed it, but you know what I mean. So he's 62, born in London, Canada. Rufus Sewell is 45, born in London, UK. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And Gillian Anderson is 44, born in Chicago, USA. So all three, Canada, USA and London. But also, he is legitimately in this movie, like almost 20 years older than them. Absolutely couldn't tell. He looks fantastic. He does look great. He's a handsome man. Also, like Rufus Sewell, I imagine has... because. So if this film, 2013, Rufus Sewell looks pretty much almost exactly the same as he did in A Knight's Tale, which is 2001, 2002. Yeah. He's another guy who's got a portrait of himself in yeah. somewhere that's ageing, and he's not. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't look any different now. As Obst- is it Obstgruppenführer in... Mm. Uh, in um, Man in the High Castle, yeah. he looks exactly the same. Exactly the same. Can I point out, additionally, I used to get the tube to work with Rufus Sewell for two months. Not personally, we didn't hang out, but he was... <laughs> just you and him on I, one tube train. I was just always on the same, like, 1023 oh. leaving Notting Hill Gate. And I think he, you know, not to dox him, but he might live in and around that area. And so regularly, if I'd, I'd see him on the platform. And if I see Rufus Sewell on a platform, I'm not getting on at my carriage. I'm walking down the platform to his carriage. I want to spot me some Sewell. Grey hairs. Sewell spotting. Oh, Grey-haired really? on the Sewell. Now, this would have been, ironically, around 2013. I, if I could time travel back to myself, I'd leave a note for myself and be like, approach Rufus Sewell. Ask him, Why did which you name do you family? prefer, Continuum or I'll follow you down? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, just to like forge the bonds of this movie to my, to my timeline, Gillian Anderson uh, filmed The Crown very near to me, and I spotted her in, in, in Hyde Park at one point. I feel like I remember when you spotted her, actually. Yeah. This is much more recently, because mm. The Crown is much more recent, but it's also now that she's in her full, I can play British people because I do an incredible British accent. In uh, uh, like she, she totally does. does. She's got that kind of Madonna thing going on. Does Hayley Joel Osment still wash cars at the end of your road, Scott? He's my postman. Yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard life. Um, I've got uh, just a couple of points I noticed about this film at this point. Which is, uh, number one, they do so much to show you that young kid is a dweeb. Every single thing that he does, building little Lego cars and being like, we'll have a Lego baby in the back. All of the the chess playing, everything is, look how dweeby this kid is. Mm. And then the mum just, Gillian is like, yeah, that's fine. He's, he's my kid. She doesn't seem to really care about anything. When she's accused of having a criminal husband by the woman at customs saying, oh, he's probably just stuck in customs. She's like, oh, fine, whatever. Like, I feel like she doesn't really know what's going on around her. She's just no. drifting through this. Mm. I mean, arguably, yeah, that's how she drifts through the rest of the movie, unfortunately. Artists, eh? Speaking of Marika, she's getting more and more worried. You know, uh, uh, she slowly starts to realise that no one knows exactly where Daddy is. And so she makes a phone call to Captain Titanic <laughs> and begins searching, for, begins searching for clues. Straight away, Captain Titanic hacks Daddy's MacBook with his <laughs> Mac 9, <laughs> Ma- a Mac OS 9. Okay, and I, love- I have to... Pause here. This yeah. is another of my pet hates. Hacking. It's come up before. 
what got me about this one was, I mean, we've seen uh, it was in Curvature, wasn't it? The double um, hack movie. The double hack move. Um, <laughs> these password entries are interesting, though. He he goes with <laughs> particle underscore physics for the first password. Well, the clue being I <laughs> love, being, by I the love. way. Very. But then it's just the Marika underscore Errol. How does he know there's an underscore in the middle? Yeah. Like, is it like policy? Is I it don't a understand. Standard thing? Marika. And also, yeah. He's listed oh, off terrible. the four things that the man loves it's in terrible. order. Particles, physics, yeah. his wife and his son. <laughs> I'm pretty sure as well, and I, I might not be right about this, but I'm, I'm pretty certain I am. I think when he types in Errol's name there, he spells it with two R's. But he's definitely credited as one R Errol in the cast. Yeah. Uh, he is a one R Errol, I know that for sure. He's just slack E-roll. with this. He's so eagerly hacking, and yeah. honestly, the password is so slack on Mac 9. Yeah. This was this was the point, by the way, when he opened the laptop that I realized, oh, okay, so we're not in 2013 yeah. right now. Mm. We, we must be a while ago. Or, like, Gabe is not going in any way. He's not updated his technology in any He just yeah. really respects Found old what he school likes. Mac. Yeah. yeah, stuck yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah I think, um, I, I did wonder, and I wrote down, how can someone so smart be so dumb yeah. when it comes to passwords because that's not security. Just your your wife and your son's name. That's not password security. I just give me a film where somebody tries to open a laptop and it's two hours of them trying to work out what that password is. I'll watch it. Or just getting locked out repeatedly and yeah. trying again, yeah, getting locked the out. Next day. We need a good movie to just come along and someone to say, "Oh, check his laptop." And someone just said, "No, it's got a password." What are you doing? Why would you? What? There's there's another film which I I particularly hate for it, and I love the film Watchmen. There's a point where he's trying to guess the password, and he doesn't. Uh, any, I think it's uh, Rorschach trying to guess the password, mm. and he at no point does he go. Isn't it strange that this guy, the smartest man in the world, mm. had such an easy password to hack? It wasn't like one hundred digits of pi. Mm. December 9th, <laughs> I've hacked his password. <laughs> Why doesn't he have a one-password subscription? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After Captain Titanic hacks the password, uh, Marika joins him in Princeton to, you know, keep hunting. And while Marika is hunting for her husband in Princeton, she leaves young Errol with young Grace to, you know, spend the night. That's just a part of the plot that kind of comes up later on, but it's of minor significance at the moment. Grandpa takes Marika to the lab that he had found for Gabe. Gabe wanted some time alone. He wanted some time to work quietly. And so, come on down to Princeton, where you used to study, and I'm still a professor. Uh, you're my son-in-law. Here's a lab. No problem at all. No questions asked. Bye-bye. And that was the last time they'd seen Gabe. And so the only thing left in the lab are some shrink-wrapped crates, and, and that's about it. Marika's starting to, to freak out. She's starting to despair. He's been gone. Her, her husband has been gone for three days now. And as you mentioned, Adam, she takes a toddle down to a little 50s-esque kind of diner, Pleasantville kind of diner to my sensibilities, uh, you know, hops in and nothing, makes she makes a note of saying, you know, oh, this place hasn't hasn't changed one bit, which is fantastic because it means you don't have to redress a scene later on in the film. You don't have to change the surroundings one bit. Thank you very much, Gillian. And this is where we leave the kind of 2000 moment for now. We fast forward straight after this and we, we immediately get greeted after... A view into his more traumatic dreams. We get, uh, we wake up with adult Errol now, who is in bed. It's our boy H. Joe. 
Haley Joel Osment, who for the life of me, for like the last 20 years, my mind and body, every time I write down his name, just wants to write Harley Joel Osmond. And it really, really gets me because it's like he's both of the ends of his names are just not what you would assume at Haley. It's Harley, but no, no, it's Haley. And then Oz, it's Osmond, right? No, no, Osmond. Osmond. With a T. Something about Haley Joel Osmond just doesn't sit right with me. Something about his name, his look. I think it's just because I only have reference for him in being films when he was a child. So when I look at his face, it is still a child's face, but now it's in a man's body. (laughs) He does have baby face. He's got baby face. He's got baby face. His eyes are a little too close together. And with all due respect, look upon my face and tear me down if if I deserve. But I'm just saying, Hayley, you're a wonderful looking man in many regards. From the back, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but the, it's 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 severe baby face. I, I don't know how yeah. else to go for it. He's got baby hands too, but that's, in yeah. which case, I've got a uh, a question for you from super fan Anne. A question for all time from super fan TTFC. She watches the movies. She's groovy. What was that? What was that? It's, I don't know what's. I don't know what's going on. Um, right, uh, we'll we'll brush over that. Her question is: If young Haley Joel Osment could time travel to when this film was made, who would do a better performance, his younger self or his older self? Oh, uh, I mean, younger Haley Joel Osment is an is a wonderful watch, right? I mean, Sixth yeah. Sense, Imagine, AI. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's that film with 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 K Space and Helen Hunt? Uh, the payback, pay it forward. I cried on a virgin Pendolino. <laughs> little baby Forrest Gump's son as well. Oh my God, he's Forrest yeah. Gump's son. Now we'd have to erase the pregnancy storyline spoilers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah, that he would be could a be odd. the baby. No, <laughs> <laughs> I think that's for a later. That's, that's a different. <laughs> that's, that's a different film that we're going to talk about, Scott. Yeah, uh, yeah I watch true. it. I watch it. I, I watch, watch it with it, no yeah. explanation, too. I don't want just... Haley Joel Osment to age any further. I want him to be the first candidate for the re-aging, for the reverse aging <laughs> yeah. technicians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. D- do you know what's interesting though? I, as a as a child actor, great dramatic actor, like surprisingly good dramatic actor as a child. As an adult though, he's been great in comedy roles. His role. Yeah. In in the, uh, boys. in the boys yeah. and in what we do. Where's he in the boys? He's oh god, what's the character? He's name? The I say char- this having seen the boys. He's uh, the character that um, can like touch people and read their thoughts or something. Um, they go to him. He lives in a house on his own. But he's it's kind of comedy and it's yeah. it's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also in what we do in the shadows as uh, Topher. Oh, he's, yeah, of course. He's amazing yeah, in those yeah, yeah. scenes. Like he he acts that yeah. so unbelievably well. I, I will say I don't think his acting is particularly bad in this. I think everybody's is pretty good to be honest. I I mean we'll get to it later I imagine. But I love Gillian Anderson and I think she's really good in this. But like I think it's just a bit. I can't get over his baby face. It's too. I think I I'm telling you, it. it's too serious we'll to see there. him as an adult 
it just it, yeah. it just doesn't work. It doesn't yeah. gel in my brain. It's the same thing like Macaulay to get serious for a moment. It's the same thing Macaulay Culkin suffered with for years. Is that yeah. people looked at him as a fifteen year old and they just saw the nine year old's face, the eight year old's face continually. Yeah. Same for the 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 woman who played Matilda as well. Oh, I saw yeah. Matilda recently and I thought. Yeah. I wonder like where she's at right now. And I just thought like, yeah, she's one of, she's an incredible child actress. Mm. Uh, uh, you know, um, I've only seen her in Matilda and that, what was the other one? The Christmas one, you know, the Christmas one with the Christmas Jurassic Park guy being a Miracle Santa. on 34th Street. You've got a raptor under your tree. <laughs> Jurassic Park guy <laughs> being Santa. Are we going gonna to talk about the Superfan Hour music? No. So adult Errol is in bed with adult Grace. So as much as he's traumatized by the loss of his father and he's having some very real dreams, he says to, you know, adult Grace, nothing's to worry about. Everything will be fine. And he nips downstairs. He's still sharing uh, a home with Marika. Years have gone by. And as much as you can see that he's, you know, our boy H. Joe, he's not having a wonderful time, at least dream wise. He is still accepted into MIT. At this point, I was thinking, ah, oh, he's a bit old to be accepted into MIT for for university. So I just, I assumed post-grad, yeah. right? Um, I had that same, like, a debate in my head. But I was trying to work out what age he's supposed to be. Because I guess he'd, he's it's, supposed to be 18. It's difficult. Because if you're when, getting you, university. You, when you meet his girlfriend in a second as well, she, I, I, I can't really work out where they sit in terms of time. She's doing some sort of, like, thesis. So that does make it seem maybe post-doc, yeah. doesn't it? I think he, he just looks, Hedy Joel. Osmond just looks baby faced, but you know he's the face of a well. six year old, but the body Trapped and the movements body of a forty four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, is he? I think he's our age, isn't he? He's only a... no, he's not. I think he must. He could lie. well be. I mean, is that sixth... true? I think he must be. I was, I was ten he's in two thousand, and the sixth sense is two thousand. So mm. if he was ten in the sixth sense, then it would square. I hope I hope he's my age. He's a year older than me. He's 34. Yeah, that makes Ooh, sense, yeah. That's okay. You have a year to become as famous as Hayley Joel Osment. That's and right. as, <laughs> right. and as Harry Chested, by the way. Oh, yeah. I know. Bear in it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Bear Osment. He can yeah. grow a beard. I don't know if you saw Tusk, the the Kevin Smith movie, oh. where someone gets turned into a walrus. Yeah. He has a lot of hair in that film. He, he's a, yeah, he's a chesty boy. Now, our chesty boy, Errol. <laughs> chesty boy. <laughs> chesty boy. He heads downstairs, and unfortunately, we get the other side of the coin. His his mother, Marika, who is not dealing very well. You can see that time has gone by, and she is no less uh, uh, traumatized and disturbed. She has been missing work, and she is skipping her meds. You know, I assume antidepressants, but skipping meds is never a good indication for your character at the beginning of the movie. Immediately, Errol, you know, he's late for class, so he walks into the class, taught by... His own grandfather. Yeah. Nepotism. <laughs> straight away, regular, I'm not even going to say time travel trope, regular movie trope. The genius solves the chalkboard <laughs> equation immediately. I mean, it's the only way you can prove someone is a genius in a film is if they walk into a room and solve an equation that the professor can't solve by pointing out something incredibly obvious mm. to the professor. Mm. I would also argue that I looked at the clock. He's 58 minutes late to a one hour lesson, considering <laughs> everyone leaves very quickly. Yeah. If you are 58 minutes late to a lesson, I would say you are not a genius. If you still decided to attend, just stay home. Just go elsewhere. What have you bothered? Apart from the fact that it's your own grandfather, which, yeah, yeah. definitely nepotism. That's not all right. I don't think a university as esteemed as Princeton would allow a mm. family member to, like, grade his genius son. It's all well and good. You think I'm a genius grandfather. You're my grandfather. Grandfather, you gave me six A's last semester. <laughs> did did anybody else notice the thing in this scene that annoyed me the most? 
Uh, is it the same thing that I was about to mention? Tell me. Uh, uh, is it the apple on the desk oh, given yeah. by a student? <laughs> I've got I've got a reason for that though. Oh, go on. Uh, the director is a massive fan of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, it's an Indiana Jones reference. It, now that I know it's a reference, yeah. I'm perfectly fine yeah. with it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We both noticed it because I spotted it and was like, that can't be it. And then I found it on a. Which I think is fine. It just it surmises that Victor Garber is Indiana Jones, which I couldn't think of a man further from it. We will no. get on. We'll get onto some of his ways down the line, but he is not a man who's into the adventuring and the romance. Yeah. Post-genius chalkboard equation solving, Grandpa has decided it's time to harness my grandson's genius. Can I show you something? And we head straight into a full-blown convincer chat, which I like to see, you know, very early in the... Well, I say early in the movie. We've had a good chunk of emotional turmoil, but at the least they're getting into it in the first third, which we've had movies that haven't sort of broken it down until far later. Grandpa has been studying Daddy's documents. <laughs> Grand- Daddy's documents. Uh, Granddaddy has been. Granddaddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grandpa. He's been studying the documents, and guess what? There are. Guess what? H. Hey, Joe. There are multiple universes, and guess what? We live in one of them. No, no, no shit. Uh, and there, he calls them. There, he. This is where we get our lovely time travel diagram. He draws on the board multiple tracks, multiple lines, and he says, "Guess what? These are multiple universes, and we live." And this is exactly what he says: "We live on one track." He doesn't call them timelines. He just says one track. I don't think I've heard it described as tracks before. I quite like that as a kind of like. And, and there are there are like points on the on the line where it changes uh, the, a train track i think worked quite quite well as a multiverse reference now what i thought was interesting is they, there's no real reason at this point for him to tell him the multiverse part of the theory like we do sort of find out later right. on that really what he's he's erring towards is that um we are in the wrong universe i suppose they don't change universes. They just go forward and back in the same universe. So it was a bit odd. I couldn't agree more. I like I wrote down while I was watching it, either they've got a plan for some sort of multiversal, different universe thing down the line in this movie, and so this is a setup, or you have needlessly overcomplicated, right at the beginning of your expl- explanation, you've needlessly overcomplicated something that was actually quite elegantly explained towards the back end, because I find the explanation of... And so your father developed a means of creating a wormhole and then moving the accelerated end into the past and just walking through it. That's fine. I'm not going to sit here and say, I totally understand how the science behind that would work. I don't need to because it's just a pretty succinct means. And he he incorporates the diagram into the explanation, does he, Grandpa? And he says, you know, he, this is how he created a thing. He put the fast end in the past and he walked straight through it. And he would have been able to come back, but something must have gone wrong. No problem. But when you tease this whole, like, the multi-track, multiversal mm. thing, I just think, like, all right, guys, like, chill. You've got it. It's fine. You don't need to sell me anymore. It gave me it gave me Back to the Future 2 vibes. When Doc's description for when um, it, it they make a mess of the timeline, essentially. It's, it's mm. very clearly a straight line. And at some point in the past, it it comes off and creates a new branch reality. But yeah, I feel like the the it's a the track description of it's a good way of looking at it, but the multiverse things is a bit irrelevant here. We're talking one situation, one they're only changing one timeline. They're not changing every multiverse's timeline. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a weird one to It's open, something I it? just kept looking out for constantly and mm. it was never there, which is like it's fine, but I would have either liked it to have been there or for you not to have bothered with this part of the diagram. I will say though In terms of a mechanism, I said that I quite like the explanation with the wormhole. In terms of a mechanism via which the time travel is 
achieved. I'm not talking about the the time travel devices, about the the boxes or the milk tubs. Yeah, we're not talking about his diving bell in this we're, film. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, we're not talking about any mystical walnuts or, or, or thereabouts. <laughs> I'm talking about the the means by which you. What does that device do to get you to the end goal, which is transporting yourself left or right? And so. The fact that he's developed a device that makes a wormhole and the far and the end of the wormhole, he puts it in the past, and now you just have a bridge to walk through. I like it. I thought the explanation was good, but as a as a way of doing it, I think it's great. I think it's not necessarily as as wildly interesting as some of the other ones that we've had, like Primer, obviously. But uh, but I I like the explanation of it, and I I like conceptualizing it in my head. And and it is realistic. It's an actual way that time travel could be i don't personally believe it is possible but could be possible and it's very much the version that einstein was envisaging um the einstein rosen bridge that this is one of those examples um rather than a rainbow bridge that we see in marvel this is like the actual real version of how that would work um again it's it's a bit kind of sci-fi but the reality of it is is almost all there i have a slight counter argument to you just Hit me. to play devil's advocate so when i was doing some back ground research into it there, there is a comment that really upset the scientific community within this sequence oh no so when the grandfather is explaining to errol what he thinks happened to the boy's father the grandfather makes a comment to the effect that he doesn't understand it all because he's not a specialist in quantum mechanics uh, so the movie deals with time travel and relativity, not quantum mechanics. That's true, yeah. Relativity deals with the large scale and quantum mechanics deals with small scale. So the reconciliation of the two has been like the holy grail of physics throughout the years. It's unified field theory is what they, I believe they describe it as. To object that one doesn't understand time travel because one is not a quantum mechanic is just nonsense. What I would argue back on that, though, oh, like this. This is, is, that, is that Einstein accidentally invented quantum mechanics he didn't like it he hated it in fact and so it's quite nice that the reason that this professor doesn't understand the time travel is because he doesn't understand the thing that einstein created Mm. and since einstein is a effectively a character in this movie i feel feel like that makes a lot of sense was anybody else disappointed disappointed that we just didn't see Tom Cruise walks out dressed as einstein (laughs) that line about the quantum mechanics I, i just to to linger on it for one more sec he follows it up with, I'm not, he says, I'm not a specialist in quantum mechanics. I've had to learn black holes and cosmic strings from scratch. Mm. I've heard of a black hole, but I've never heard of a cosmic string before. Well, I've heard of string theory. Yes. And you would be the correct to assume that those two are the same thing. Oh, so why don't they? Just, just another way of describing it. String theory mm. sounds like you're really into thread and yarn, can yeah. I just say. But cosmic strings, that's yeah. some Marvel stuff. Yeah, so yeah. cosmic strings, uh, this is, I'm pulling from some uh-huh. very old... Pulling uh, on those cosmic, cosmic threads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from some, very, uh, some old understanding here. I've not recently looked back into this, but I, I believe... Are you meaning to tell me you're not up on your cosmic I'm threads? So you're the science one, James. Where I'm are so your priorities so, oh God, in I'm, life? I'm so embarrassed. All I brought was mu- how much it made the, this film Do made. Do you know how like... much this time this guy spends on health yeah. and, and, and health <laughs> life balance and he's not reading up on the threads of of cosmic divinity sorry well the little i do remember is that uh cosmic strings are essentially one-dimensional tiny tightly packed vibrating strings that may make up the very fundamental particles we know so if you think about um the higgs boson and if you think about the quarks which we we know are the smallest things you can break them down into string theory essentially asserts that 
they are in fact comprised of one-dimensional strings, that the vibrations of which determine the mass and energy. I believe, I hope that's accurate. Someone will probably tell me it's not. I've realised that my brain actually can't conceive of something that's in one dimension, and so I, I'm terrified right now. <laughs> Co- correct. No, nothing... Not, in fact, I, I quite liked the idea of the um, tracks for the time travel here because it isolates time as one of the dimensions that literally travels from left to right or right to left. It is one dimensional in that scenario, Mm. which I quite like. Oh, that is good. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't think of that. That is quite good. Mm. We've done some work for you there. (laughs) Science. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, Grandpa goes on to explain that the crates he and Marika stumbled upon back in 2000 the crates he's got right here in front of his his grandson H. Joe. Those crates have been had been there when he found them in two thousand. They'd been there for fifty four years, which immediately, as I'm sure we all did, that dates everything specifically. And so, theoretically, if the boxes had been had you know were used by Daddy Gabe back in the past, and they're now here, and it was fifty four years ago in two thousand, that means that Daddy Gabe has transported back to nineteen forty six. Thank you. Sorry, I didn't want to just keep reading it off myself. <laughs> um, I do think this is maybe the best and worst motivation we've had in any film for why someone has time travelled. Why have you time travelled to save my wife, save the universe? I want to be Einstein. I just want to be Einstein and have a chat with him about how I've proved him right. It's Wrong. the most bonkers right. thing, honestly. Like, when you think about the fact that, like, you've invented time travel, they don't make it... I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. They don't say whether the Einstein trip is the very first time he's doing it. It looks like it is to me. It feels like it is to me. But he, you would have assumed, maybe tested it somewhat beforehand. Well, I guess you can't really trust it because, I mean, the one of the reasons he's going back is so that he can put parameters on the time travel so that he can use it again. Or other people can use it again. So how many times has he travelled before this? You, I, I, I think I right, don't Scott, you don't Has he made a mistake and that's why he's doing this? Maybe. The way he looks a bit sort of surprised and taken aback when he finally does arrive uh, uh, for dinner with Einstein, the way he the way he looks sort of balmy and shocked and taken oh. back, it would, it infers to me at least, this is the first time. And I, I'm also very on board with the first time I do it is to set the parameters to make sure mm. that no time thereafter. It's very scientific and very logical. So, I, And it seems very true traumatic like the, he at the end of it like when he's finished traveling he seems pretty shaken up mm. from the act of traveling yeah and the fact that he's obviously given Gillian so many smooches before he left makes me also think this is his first time and he was just wondering if it would go wrong yeah i mean i did you notice like all the condensation on the window and stuff that wasn't there when he left and yeah things like that it's obviously it, it's like a chamber that he's locked into and it's taken a toll on him he's sweating and he's like yeah panicking and it's it must be hard like on on his body Talking of, of, of condensatory things like the, the, the moisture on the window, the condensatory is not I'm going to make a glossary yeah, yeah. of Scott words. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, Remember the codex? I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about the mould because he uh, hands him, Grandpa, to further sort of corroborate his story just to, con- to add layers onto the convincer chat. He says, no, 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 check his papers. Look at the mould on them. You can date the mould back to being XYZ years old. Wait a minute. We've dated mould before. That's We've what I wanted Dave to say. Mold before. Is mold a trope? I think. I mean, it sort of is. Where did we have yeah. the mold? Which it, movie had it's mold? In oh, Primer. It's Primer. It's where it they've is. got the um, aspergillus growing mm. on the uh, the little weebly thing. Mm. Uh, there's I, one other that I think was a. There's one other we've covered that was an homage to Primer in some way, shape. So I think another movie has mold in some capacity. But but mold as a you've mentioned it before, James. Mold is a very handy means of illustrating that time has gone by. Yeah. Mm. 
And, and it is a reasonably accurate way of measuring things because mm. if you know an environment, mold is an easy thing to check the growth of. Mm. Uh, so that it's it's honestly not a bad way of working out how time has passed. If you think about how we use um, nuclear dating, radioactive dating for things, that's obviously things that have happened hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of years ago. Mm. Mold is a great way of being like, is it just in the last few weeks, months, days? I love it. Like, and again, this movie does lots of things that I'm not on board with, and there's lots of things that I wasn't there for. But stuff like incorporating mold, I'm, you know, it might seem really easy, might seem really sort of throwaway, but I like those kind of little sort of little tropes and little mentions of things. They're like, oh, yeah, I know them. I know that mold thing because I've seen Primer and I've seen some other stuff. It's all, yeah, James explained the mold thing. So that was fun for me. Now, what's not fun is uh, Errol. Errol's not having any fun. He doesn't want on board with the plan in any way. He's completely out. He turns Grandpa down and walks out. And so we fast forward in the movie. We get some, some bits and pieces between Grace and Errol, but we essentially we move forward to a dinner party and i i put a question mark next to dinner party she, i is she entertaining students is she it's I, like a academic it was almost like she's trying to sell uh, to them is it an academic uh, wank fest like in 41 <laughs> a bit like it um i i thought they were i think i think they're students or she's now an artist was she always an artist i think artist? she might have always been a uh, like, an like art in history professor in right. or an art oh. history student yeah, yeah. because it, when he travels back to meet his dad he does say oh you've got your mother's artistic streak ah uh, okay cool. so i i wonder if she hadn't quite progressed to to doing the art stuff just yet mm. which i think is another reason why when haley h joe shows the diagram to his father later on it's been like these are the good things that have happened while you've been gone. Try and make these things happen again. And right. I, I think one of those is to try and get his mother back into the art game. Right, right. Now at this dinner party, Grandpa is continuing his sort of subtle trying to convince Errol to get on board with the plan. Let's come on, let's do some building, bro. Let's head to the garage. Yeah, Gra Grandpa's a bit of a nihilist at this point. He basically can't enjoy life because he realises it's pointless because he thinks he can change it. And, he, and frustratingly for him as well, he can't solve the problem. Yeah. yeah, that yeah, that comes through. You know, he's, he's sitting on a computer and he's typing. Well, and the furious and... <laughs> generationally, as they, you know, even though he is not Victor Garber is not the father of Rufus Sewell, he's at least you know there's some there's not any DNA going through. But generationally in this family, they all get smarter. So Haley Joel Osment is the smartest, and then yeah. Rufus Sewell is quite oh, smart. Yeah. And then you see what I mean? Like they're all smarter than the last one. Is yeah. this the most generations we've had discussing time travel? Three generations. It's a good question. I mean, there's not a lot of interaction with... Given the grandfather paradox, there is not a lot of interaction between grandfathers and children, grandparents and children in their films. Mm. We had 41 with the grandma in the bed, but his parents weren't anywhere to be found. But yeah, three working at the same time. It's something of note for sure. I mean, it's all about the grandfather in 41. Just pull that one back out. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out yeah. the bin. <laughs> And so Grandpa leaves, having failed to convince Errol to get back into the workshop. Outside, we have a nice moment with Errol and Grace. Uh, the Lego makes a return as they have a little chat where they say, you know, he says he's interested in having kids. She says, just let me know when. And it's, you know, it's nice. They, they're getting on. They have plans for the future. They have, crucially, baby plans. I've written down, by the way, he's like the nicest, kindest, best person ever. When you look at the descriptions of how he acts towards his girlfriend and his mother, and he just mm. seems like the... Honestly, he's struggling in his own life purely because he does so much for other, other people. people. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, then, things take a very sad turn for 
our boy Errol, who tragically walking back into the house after the party finds his mother Marika, who has taken her life after what we later find out is not just her first attempt either. So we knew she was in a bad place. We mentioned that she was off her meds. And unfortunately, after having lost his father 13 years ago, uh, Errol has now lost his mother. Understandably, at the funeral, he approaches Grandpa and he says, you know what? If you want to look into a way to go back into the past, if you want to look into a way to go and correct the wrong that was my father not coming back, I wasn't on board before, but now that it's taken my mother from me, I am on board. And so fine, there is a a tragic motivator that, you know, pushing the the, the plot forward. I'm I'm mentioning that because I'll, I'll come back to it later, but tragedy as the motivator for Errol to do something is a, a core tenant of uh, I'll follow you down. And and back to what we expect from a time travel film, the the usual reason for time travel is to fix a tragedy. So it's mm. it's what we were looking for, really. Admittedly, at this point, I am thinking about Curvature quite strongly because I think that one of the things we spoke about with Curvature was that it was a little bit miserable at the beginning and there's lots of quiet, long, soft pauses. And this movie, up till this point, is again quite tragic and quite sombre. No one's been overly happy. That The moment with Grace and Errol outside with the little Lego car having their moment discussing the possibility of having a family is one of the only glimpses of happiness you get in the first 30 minutes of this film. Yeah, and and the next one we get also is snatched away from us horrifically it's dow it's dour and Mm. there's a lot of long pauses there are a lot of slow scenes and i've got to admit first time round when i was watching this at this point i thought jesus christ (laughs) if i i am being made to sit through misery in all for this time travel and and i I, you know i wasn't i wasn't a happy camper per se you know Mm. but much to my pleasure Straight away, Errol and Grandpa, they get building. They get they get to it. They get into the time travel of it all. Grandpa also manages to get himself a, a little little flirt in I with... Uh, yeah. I, I didn't catch Grimushi. the character's name. It's uh, someone who works also at Princeton who just wants to, wants to hop on Captain Titanic's lifeboat and <laughs> sail away. <laughs> oh, no. And this is all while... Errol is being you know, a very bad boyfriend slash partner to Grace. Who, a, a sudden change in his personality here. Over the course of the working, he just starts devoting less and less time to her. He starts, you know, giving her less attention. He starts putting more and more of uh, himself into the work. I, I made a note of the fact that the first time, in my opinion, we see Errol genuinely smile, a smile that he's not giving to reassure someone else that he's okay, or a smile that he's not giving just to make everything fine in the moment the first genuine smile is when he comes out of the lab you know gear on having done some you know some mathematicalizing and engineering and all that stuff he has a genuine smile on his face Mm. as he's talking to grace who's saying you know where are you what what the hell's going on that's the moment where he looks you know like father like son uh Mm. putting uh prioritizing engineering and time travel over the people who mean the most to you yeah I did make note of a trope that I would like to, again, just lightly acknowledge, kind of in the same way as the mold. Bad boyfriends love time travel. Oh, yeah. Big time. They love it. We have the infinite man. We just covered it. Bad boyfriends. They usually become bad boyfriends through time travel as well, interestingly, and have to go back and try and correct it. Yeah. Make a boyfriend worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. uh, what's his face in Primer, Aaron, he's high, you know, he says to his uh, uh, lovely partner, she thinks they've got rats in their, in their attic. No, yeah. it's a clone of me. <laughs> so 41, we've got the bad boyfriend as oh, well. He's a terrible, but yeah, terrible I know. Bad mm. boyfriends love time travel. Yeah. 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 yeah, I agree. You can have that as a trope, Scott. That's good. What's quite impressive is that his girlfriend does manage to discover what he's up to and works out that he's basically trying to 
time travel using a wormhole mm. and then confronts him about it, which means that the convincer chat is slightly different in this one because she already knows what he's up to. Did you did you catch the uh, search engine she's using to um I didn't know o- oodles and oodles and oodles. Oodles and oodles. Saucy. It's the only one they allow on Princeton campus. It's so close to Google. I know. <laughs> like, she clearly could put Googles and Googles. They're like, we want, we want to put Google, but oh, we need a different word. How about just oodles? oodles? Yeah, we can't have oodle. That's too obvious. All right. Oodles, oodles and, and oodles. oodles. <laughs> if you want to test me. <laughs> now, researching events in 1946, uh, Errol Dahl finds a report of a mugging slash shooting <laughs> with the witnesses. Oh, no! I, got re- I got a little bored. Of it. I got so-, so bored of his stupid name. <laughs> He's, he's, you know, flicking through the old newspaper articles and he finds a report of a, of a mugging slash shooting where there were no witnesses, there were no suspects, and, and the, the person who was murdered has left a pocket watch at the scene. All looking pretty suspect and, and our boy E-Roll is convinced and he tells Grace, he says to her, you know, this is what I have to do. I have to go back to 1946 and stop daddy's murder. <laughs> he says, think of the payoff. Everything would be different, not realising that now he immediately, Errol and Grace, erase. Which, ooh, do you think that... <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, not letting it happen. No, no erase, move on. No. Like, oh, Errol, Grace, erase. They're gonna, mean, and they're going to be erased? Absolutely not. I'm telling I, myself off. I almost wondered, I did almost wonder if Errol, because it's the 1R version, if it was supposed to be law backwards. Yeah. I but that one, but, but yeah. I wasn't like, I just there's nothing quite enough to convince me of that. They, you know, the second he says, think of the payoff, everything would be different. Nah, yeah, it would be. So maybe you should talk to your lovely partner, Grace, who is pregnant. <laughs> but she, she does suddenly change from, um, you, you, I take advantage of you, you do too much for me, blah, 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 to... Whoa, whoa, hang on, you're going to change it so that you don't do everything for me? Hang on a second, I'm, I'm not into this. Yeah, I don't like the sound of that. I've realised in this moment that Grace is probably my favourite character in this movie. It's because she's the only sane one in the movie. Social scientist, baby. <laughs> That's what she's... <laughs> she I think she's a, a social lot, scientist well. from, yeah, from yeah. what she was giving her presentation on in earlier in the movie. But I think in a, in a room full of engineers and mathematicians only thinking about going back in time and doing some stuff, mm-hmm. you need a social scientist. Yeah, she's do. still a scientist, but she's thinking about, you know, the socials. She's thinking thinking about the the, uh, the the human element. She's thinking about population numbers, specifically the one increment in her belly. <laughs> yeah. you know? And so she she pauses. She cares about the time travel. She cares about the sanctity. She does all this kind of stuff. Whereas Errol's reaction to all of this, Errol's, Errol's reaction when he finds out she's pregnant is, what does he do? He dive bombs into his own basement and starts like like he's one of the cast members of Lost, just scrawling cave, cave timelines and stuff. He, just, he goes zero to crazy man in like two seconds. Uh, he has That's more like... personality changes in this film yeah, than I, I think I've ever seen. Even in like <laughs> yeah. films where the whole plot is... Is, this person has multiple personalities. Yeah. I would still say Errol's gotten beat. Absolutely. I will say he is. I've no idea how long he was in the basement for. Let's say overnight, considering that he goes down. I think at night time, but definitely when she comes to say, you know, hey, you've been down here a long time. The sunshine is beaming down the stairs. He looks no different. Yeah. His transformation into scruffy, like I've been up all night drawing like a crazy man. You look identical, hey Joel. He, he looks like H Joe. That's just what he, he always looks like. Looks like. H-Joe brand. H-Joe. I've H-Joe. just woken up. Mm-hmm. Now, following the the basement drawing frenzy and the news of Grace's pregnancy, he, uh, our boy Errol, he heads back to Grandpa at Princeton, his his co engineer, his co creator of the 
of the time stuff. And he says, hey, Grandpa, you know, I'm having, I'm having some second thought. Grandpa's savage. Grandpa doesn't give a damn. Grandpa says, you know what? Fuck your attachments. That's what he calls them. He says, attachments. Yeah. He says, fuck your attachments. We have a mission, okay? And this is all the while that Grandpa is over there, knee deep in his gilf-loving ways, <laughs> knee deep in his little arrangement with the Princeton lady. I love it, Grandpa. You are militant. You're getting the genius to do all the work while you're just hustling him, just emotionally putting him into the position. I... Listen, Grandpa and his motivations in this film, while suspect, I had to constantly remind myself. I was like, his daughter's dead. His son-in-law is gone, yes, but his biological daughter is dead now, Mm. confirmed. And so he definitely needs to push that through. Unfortunately, our boy our boy Errol has a has a thing going on. He's he's got a baby right now, and the whole resetting thing kind of it 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 butts heads with that. And so the the thing of it's Grandpa's daughter versus you, Errol's baby, who's gonna win, is really kind of big. Yeah, and where else is Errol ever gonna find a partner so perfect that she would play chess to the point of horniness and then jump his bones? Like he's in a mm. he's in a situation now where he's happy. I know, and to prove like uh, he jumps the bones with the chess, he bony chess jump jumps. <laughs> There's so many words in that <laughs> sentence. He, What's happening? They're playing chess earlier in the movie. Yeah. She she knocks the chessboard. He's like, no 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 no, put it all back. I have to have something to back. hope for. Now he has something to hope for. It's his future child, so he doesn't mind that the chess set gets dashed because they're about to get down to some coitus. <laughs> 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 Try and say that sentence more they, awkwardly. They press the little clock Just, yeah. before they start. <laughs> Bobby Fisher would never. <laughs> Elor has. <laughs> sorry, no. Elor, Elor has. He's hit a snag. Okay, Elor sounds like an alien from Star Wars. It does. Uh, Elor's hit a snag. He can't get past the snag, and so he returns to Grace. Grace is miserable. She calls him the Grim Reaper. You know, for what he's trying to do. And he relents, he he goes to Grandpa, he resigns from Grandpa's time travel workshop, says, I shall not do this anymore for you. I am going home to become, for my for my child, my son or daughter, I'm going to become an e-roll model. Oh, for <laughs> God's sake. This is this is the worst it's ever been. It is. What, this is what are you on? Genuinely, like, what, what had you been smoking when you wrote this out, Scott? This is fucking You ridiculous. need more or less of it, but I don't know yeah, what's going yeah, on. I don't know which way. She does say to him, Grace, she says, can you recreate the soul of this baby? Which I would I would like to add to the stakes of Grandpa's child versus uh, versus Errol's child. Mm-hmm. You know, some stakes in amongst I feel my... like Grandpa would have responded with, there's no such thing as a soul. There's no such thing as a soul. But as I said before, even though this film has given us a, a small ray of hope, a little glimpse of joy, it then cruelly snatches it away from us again. Jesus, it does. At this point, Errol, he has had his father go missing. He has had his mother commit suicide. And now they are pleasantly gardening, minding their own business, trying to just get over all of the stuff that they've been through. And Grace loses the baby and the doctors are perplexed. And it's 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 miserable, understandably miserable. It's miserable uh, uh, material. It's miserable content, of course. But this is like another hit of misery another big dose of misery in this movie and to to bring to come back to it it's another tragedy that incites action from errol and it turns out the reason he couldn't solve the equation before was he just wasn't angry enough now that yeah. he's angry he manages it he do, i mean i do you need this 
do do we need as the audience do you need two tragedies to incite like a, it's just to repeat right oh you're not going to do the time travel your mother's died oh i think i will and then 10 minutes later oh you're not going to do the time travel your baby's died you will do it now it's just, does it feel a bit much I, I felt like i mean have you heard about the literary idea of man falls in hole it's that every story is either man falls in hole and climbs back out again oh, yeah. or it's man starts in the hole and has to climb out or it's it's basically the idea that there is only a plot if something drives someone low enough for them to rise back up again yeah i i feel that i think that's important it it feels like it feels like a lot from the you know he loses his mother and that's enough to promote him to do it but then he can't quite get to the point where he can solve the problem and this is like the final push his life's completely in ruin he knows that maybe maybe they're not going to be able to grace and him are not going to be able to get over the fact that they've lost the baby and it, it's like the final push he needs to like to cry commit to cry next to a globe yeah there's nothing that's, else that's, that's the, only, the well, only reason he solves it he's just he's wallowing in self-pity how and there's many just a globe next to him how many solutions have been found by people throwing things off of a table in films yeah, oh, true, yeah. i mean it's amazing I mean, like not i mean not just in time travel movies but it's like the, the they the, they find the killer's address because there's a photo that was underneath another photo and they only find it when they push everything off the table yeah. and it hits the floor it's that feeling it's- that's how Ace Ventura worked out that Ray Fink used to, uh, was currently yeah. Einhorn in Ace Ventura because the, oh, he yeah. chucks the, the thing of the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the dog's hair is yeah. dangling over oh, Ray Fink's hair. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It just for my sensibility, I you know I don't mind tragedy as the as as a as a as an inspirer for lack of a better word, and I get as you said, James, with the I get the the pitfalls and the need to rise out. I get all of this stuff. I just think because it's been such for me at this point such a miserable ride. You know, there's not there's no joy and there's a lot of misery, and all of the characters are miserable, understandably because of the content. But there's something about you know there's a curvature had a lot of this up top and then very quickly just ramped into being this time travel mystery whereas this movie is like every point you think we're about to get cooking every point you think that breaking bad's just about to be about drug dealing that kind of no we're straight back we're straight back into just drenching in misery and i'm i'm glad that it didn't affect you guys as much as me but for me i was like a double dose of it wasn't enough that both of his parents are dead both of his parents are gone and you yeah. also need his baby to be gone. I, I, wow. I, I was sat there and I was thinking what would what would be worse than this? And I think that is probably for him because this whole baby theme has been a since a child, don't forget, he has been planning Good point. for the pair of them to have a baby. So this probably is the worst thing possible that could happen. Like I thought, well, well the only other logical thing would be for Grace to die suddenly in a car crash or something. I wish that would have been good, but the movie illustrates to you that he yeah. doesn't, he's been treating her pretty badly. And, yeah. And, you know. and I think, I think probably that wouldn't be the push he needed. Yeah. I think, I think it's from a young child. I do agree. He has had a, a lifestyle planned for him and grace. I agree very children. much with what you say about yeah. that. The but child it, it is, is a so lot. Crucial. Though, I agree with you. It is, it's a, maybe it's the mother that I would take out then because I get the, I get, <sighs> yeah. the, I get the generational maybe uh, theme of mm. grandfather. Father goes missing and now he is due to be a father but the baby goes missing so I mean, he kind of wants to balance things out and recorrect maybe it's the mother's suicide that feels a, a bit much at this point maybe it's just to I get think, maybe maybe uh Gillian anderson wasn't filming that many scenes for maybe, the movie i think like her just being the depressed antidepressant sort of like reliant uh, woman that she's become because of the father vanishing should have been enough i think you're right i think her death is 
shocking, but doesn't necessarily move the plot forward in the way that the death of the baby does. Mm. So perhaps it's it, that is the one that's a bit too much. Well, with his whole world shattered, he remembers that sometimes the world shatters. And oh. that that's what he's been missing <laughs> from the equations. Yeah. Which uh, I'm not 100% happy that that's the thing that was wrong. 31 seismic events? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's been a lot more I... than that, for starters. <laughs> I'll tell you what I thought it was going to be. I thought they were going to say that, oh, it's the, what we've got wrong is that the position of the Earth in space would be in a different place. Because the galaxy moves or something. That now, would have been a much fine, better but one. he mentions that. He says, we solved that thing. It's the fact that I didn't account for the earthquakes. Changes of density in the planet that alter the rate of spin. Yeah, which I'm sure, uh, James, is that something that... I mean, oh, that absolutely happens. I think um, the the tsunamis that uh, get triggered by earthquakes put so much... um, Force on the force on the spinning globe that basically it does does change. And and I think it's, it's happened several times. It's not ever at a point where it's enough to change the overall time of the planet because mm. it happens both ways so it there's uh, it's randomness to which direction it's going to go yeah. anyway but also i think it, in this film the whole point is they've got coordinates of where they're going to go that's why it's, it was wrong mm. but surely if it was wrong they'd have tested it and he'd have just ended up in the wrong place mm. rather which if they'd said oh we keep ending up in the wrong place or whenever we try and send something back it doesn't arrive I would have been way happier if that had been going on and it was yeah. because of this problem. Yeah. But instead, it's just, we've never even tested it. We just knew there was a problem. Mm. And I, I didn't like that quite as much. Yeah, agreed. It's a bit iffy. I remember when we were watching A Sound of Thunder and Adam, you had a question of, how, did this, how does the machine know to put them on this perfect strip of land yeah. right next to the volcano and the Allosaurus and everything that's going on? And mm. it's also a perfectly straight line yeah. with a nice curve round for stuff to happen around there. Yeah. And so there is a little... And I remember at the time thinking Tammy, the, the name of the machine in The Sound of Thunder, mm. I remember thinking, well, Tammy is probably very capable of working out the history of the planet and has had yeah. just every data form uh, entered in. Yeah, Errol mentions... Afterwards, straight after, he's like, oh, yeah, the 31 seismic events. I just didn't, you know, I didn't get it. Um, He also then straight away says he inputs some ocean current data and some atmospheric wind data just to cherry on top. All accurate, though. All of those things do Mm, slow down the rotation of the planet. I think you're right, You'd have to, like, factor in, sorry to cut you off, Adam. You'd have to factor in, surely, the amount of people that have been born since 1946. 59 years will change the weight of the planet and so it will spin. Not really. No? Um, No. No, No, shut up, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, sorry. Just to to kind of jump in there. It's um, the amount of energy we get is, is pretty stable. Yeah. So the amount of matter and the transformation of matter is reasonably um, easy to predict. There's not a lot of meteorites landing to add more matter. The sun is giving us a lot of energy that changes the matter, but doesn't really add a lot in terms of energy density. Um, I think the the more major thing is there are a lot of just random wobbles that we can't account for. Mm. Like if he's putting in things that are major earthquakes, we'd have to include everything every solar storm that happens yeah. li- literally thousands of things going on in space that we can't predict that are changing how the planet rotates by tiny amounts but enough that they would easily outweigh how much an earthquake could do i, I think you're right i think i think this film is missing a scene i think they should have tested it yeah that's what i think too sent something back to an area that they knew was like 
ground zero, if you like. Not ground zero. That's not what I meant, by the way. <laughs> Don't say, good <laughs> Don't say okay. ground zero. I mean, just somewhere that's neutral, that they're like, oh, this has gone back in time. Just but tw- when, 24 hours in the past or when, something. Yeah, when they looked at it, it's like, yeah, just send something. Send a mouse back. Send something living back so the note weeble. works on living... You know, Daddy Ga- and Daddy Gabe doesn't either. Yeah. If we're going on the assumption yeah. that his sweaty, sweaty his return trip. Uh, back trip was his first trip, mm. Daddy Gabe doesn't even. Mm. Which is, I, yeah, I agree. Maybe one scene of one of them doing it. Probably H. Joe, I think, because he's the smarter yeah. scientist. You know, but mm. okay. Let's assume that you're, you know, you've probably upgraded since 2000. You're working on a very budget Mac OS and now you're working on like a superior Linux something or other. You can input all the data and know that like, no, no, it's going to go fine. He's maybe, he's run like the deadliest warrior sort of hologram setup. Uh, uh, what do they call them when you run scenarios, when you just run scenarios over and over again? He said, oh yeah, I've done it. And 99.9 times out of 100, this is going to go totally fine. Mm. Maybe that 0.1 time, I'll be very sweaty. I mean, every day is that for time for me. Now they are, as we said, now that he's fed in the 31 seismic disasters, he's he's good to go. The machine is perfectly calibrated. It's going to send him right back to where he needs to go in 1946. This is the point where they decide, yeah, we should probably probably come up with like a plan. Not in the months prior where we were trying to work out how we'd go back and we had more than enough time to talk about what we would do, do once we got there. No, now let's just sort of really quickly rush through. A, so what are we doing? Who's going back? Well, what's up here? Grandpa thinks he's going to be the one to go back. Uh, Errol has different ideas. I mean, in what world was it ever going to be Grandpa? Re- did did either of you ever think at any point, oh yeah, Grandpa's setting this up for him to do? No, because he's a, a grandfather paradox. <laughs> a grandfather <laughs> yeah. cannot time yeah. travel. No, it would can't. inherently make it a grandfather a d- paradox. Double, double paradox. <laughs> double paradox, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely our boy Errol. I will say this scene, my least liked of the movie. I didn't, this this moment, I think that, the, yeah. com- the explanation is rushed. I mm. think that they're missing literal lines of dialogue where it would be more passable and would make yeah. more sense. Uh, Errol says, oh, if we just Ebenezer Scrooge him, we would cease to exist because we would already have avoided the mugging. That's an exact line of dialogue, every word in it. If we if we Ebenezer Scrooge, Scrooge him, we would cease to exist. How would you cease to exist completely and utterly if you just went back and told him of his ways? That's what I read into Ebenezer Scrooging him. You're going to go back and show him the error of his ways. Yeah, I, I didn't quite get the Ebenezer Scrooge reference because it's, it's I don't know, it's just a bit on the nose. It's like we need we need a time travel yeah, person. Which I, I, Ebenezer Scrooge. I get you want to Christmas Carol him. You want to show him that he's. Yeah. Done, that's the point. He's done something that has led to the suicide of of the mother, and even though it hasn't directly uh, led to the the uh, loss of his child, he also wants to you know correct that. But he wants to show him like you know you harrowed me, you ruined me, and uh, you scarred our mother so badly. So I get the Christmas Carol reference, but when he says. If we just Ebenezer Scrooge him, we would cease to exist because he would have already avoided the mugging. Which we know isn't how time travel works in this film. Yeah. Because if Haley can go back and change the past, then it it would have already happened and he wouldn't be here to do it. It's it's yeah. its own what, paradox, what? which is why the the separate universes idea would would almost fit this in the moment. here. Yeah, this is yeah. the this moment. This is when he should yeah. say we can't fix this timeline, but what you can do is go back and fix your father's timeline yeah. by stopping him being killed. Do yeah. you think they edited this scene? 
I don't maybe. know. In hindsight, maybe because honestly, James, now that you've just said this is where that multiversal thing yeah. would go, it makes total sense because it's them two in a lab, quiet time travel discussion, same as yeah. earlier in the movie, and this is right uh, at the point where you could you could logically say. You could fit in some kind of well. No, he's he's in one of those tracks, but we can create a new track, yeah. or we are we're a new track. We need to go back to the original track. However, mm. you want to we work. We need to it. delete our yeah. track somehow, and none yeah. of it is touched upon. Instead, you get this one Scrooge reference, a very yeah. wonky sentence following it that confused me, mm. and I chose to just ignore because yeah. I was like, and I think that was intended. I think the whole point is they didn't really know how to get the climactic end that they go for without him explaining we can't do it the normal way and and i i understand why they've done that and i do think that it probably works but they could have done it better errol is also really fixated on the idea that we need to make sure he can't do it any further we're not just going back to try and say you know don't travel now or come back before anything bad happens we're trying to make sure he doesn't time travel again errol has like a real sort of chip on his shoulder when it comes to the device as much as his father Uh, scott we're about to have our first visible time travel of the film. I know that there was one about five minutes in that we don't get to see. How far into the film are we? One hour, seven minutes. I tracked it. I'm glad you mentioned because I I didn't... I, I felt like a yearning for time travel. I felt mm. a yearning for visual stimulation in the time travel paradigm. But like yeah. one hour, seven minutes is a lot of... It's a long way to go into a one hour, 33 film. Yeah, it almost worried me that this was going to be another case of it's not really a time travel film. I mean, just felt like curvature again for me. Yeah. yeah there very are similar, strong, Very similar yeah, setup. Strong curvature. Yeah, both begin with a C. Yeah. You're, you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'll follow you down. Just begin with a C. Um, yeah, it does. It feels. It feels like um, we're we're watching an hour and seven minutes of the repercussions of time travel, but there's nothing to suggest that we've had any time travel yet, apart from a man has vanished, and we've been told that there has been some time travel. I uh, yeah, one hour and seven minutes of, of misery with a side of science. You know. <laughs> yeah. Errol gets spruced up in his 40s best, and we finally see the time travel device. Why Thoughts does it have on... windows? Good question. It's got, more than, it's got more than one window as well. Several it's windows. got a small round window. Which like a... makes sense because portholes are stable. Uh-huh. It reminds me of the uh, Wallace and Gromit rocket. That's what I <laughs> That's thought, what I just thought of. Like that. And then it's got a door window. Yeah. I can't think why you would want to... Okay, well, one thing I wanted to bring up in this is that I always pick this out when I watch time travel movies. How do they know that there is not going to be anything where that time travel? I also is going wrote to that land? down. I also wrote. Where is Surely his time there's travel? Like, you could just appear midway through a chair, and I think that's why. <laughs> no, like, I think that's why G-Pass says, "Oh, this is a dead space." I bet even the janitor only comes down here once yeah. a week. But if it was a dead space, wouldn't they have just filled it with crap? So you that- would. You would have to be. Yeah. A hundred percent certain there was nothing in that space. Let alone build a room that only you know about that is sealed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let yeah. alone your father's machine. Yeah, you know, your exactly. dad has. Your you dad has been in this lab mm. and he's transported himself from two thousand to forty six. Mm. You are transporting yourself from thirteen to forty six. We later find out that wasn't exactly the case, but mm. you are still going to forty six. So how are you not landing? I spent a while just. Pa- I paused the film and I thought. Where is he go? Where is he land? Where's Errol landing? I know mm. where. I know the lab that uh, uh, Daddy Gabe goes back to because yeah. it's the same. Princeton was around in forty six. Oh, so yeah, you, go you from... don't see his. You don't see him get out of his time travel device. Do you? So does he? 
Does it move you from the exact spot you're on to the exact spot you're in? in I the think same... that's, that's what all the calibration yeah. was about. Right. He wanted to get an exact match for match, go from here to here. Yeah, granted, there could have it's been a risky. piano in the it's place. It's really but risky, fine. isn't it? Like it's jumping really like that. Risk. I think it's like I've I've picked it out. I think in other time travel movies where I'm just like the only real safe way to do it is to know that for definite there's nothing there. Um, I've just realised so why weird. it's got a porthole because he built the Titanic. Oh damn! <laughs> he had to build one into this. He had pieces yeah. knocking around. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's why yeah. it was. Yeah, yeah. So it suddenly came to me now. Yeah, very good. We flashback to two thousand. We see Daddy moving into his new lab. This is back in 2000 when Grandpa was giving him the lab to quietly work in. We see him getting building and we see Daddy instantly travelling all the way back to 1946. And he is a sweaty boy after travelling oh, as well. he's a sweaty boy. He's a sweaty Betty. It looks like it hurt. That's yeah. what I thought. It was like, that's a physical strain. So it's a, it wasn't a time travel machine. It was a very small sauna. He's not drained enough, however, to not make sure he gets in a nice shower and spruced up in his 40s best. And he heads on out for dinner with Einstein. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> we we said, I don't think, continuum, continuum, bland name. I'll yeah. follow you down, miserable. Dinner with Einstein. Dinner with Einstein. Yeah. I really I mean, like. Not a bad yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It also, great. it echoes to me how ridiculous his priorities are yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm really, by the way, offended that at one point in this film, Haley refers to Einstein as Al. Al. Uh, Al, furious. you don't know him? No. I called him Albie in the show notes, I admittedly. <laughs> but oh, God. That's me. We, we do know, of course, though, in almost every film we've seen, time travel does take it out on you. Um, in Primer, it's ripping them to pieces in... Uh, in Chrono Criminals, you're covered in milk. He's got very soft skin afterwards. Too soft, to some <laughs> might say. I It does take it out of you. I'm glad you mentioned this because, yeah, he's sweaty. He's been through it. He's had a shock to the system. <clears throat> Primer does a really good thing with the nosebleed. Mm-hmm. There was one other that I'm thinking of where there were significant negative effects. Yeah, in Curvature, they have the amnesia as a result of yeah, the travelling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice sprinkling. I like to see, you know, I like to see a side effect of, no, I don't mean I like to see people harmed by their time travel, but you need to be aware that it's not just, you know, flick a button and yeah, I feel great. It's all fine. No, there is a, a physical toll. It's science, you know, it's it's geo-relocation, spatial relocation, time, chronal relocation and emotional relocation as well. <laughs> <laughs> now, as we mentioned... The fo- uh, Daddy Gabe is off for dinner with Einstein, but ironically, a lovely bittersweet irony that again is is done in a lot of other films. He's late. <laughs> he's he's late or early. He's just not there at the right time. Uh, Albert Einstein's neighbor says, "I don't know why none of you go to his office. You decided to come straight to his house, as if in a million years, even in 1946, you could just walk up to Albert Einstein's house and just knock on the door and be like, Albert, <laughs> what's up? What are you up to? Do you wanna do you wanna grab lunch? You don't know me. Do you wanna do you wanna hang out? No, I'm from I, the future." by the way. <laughs> as, if he, as if he didn't have security from the CIA who had brought him over. Anyway, he is he is not, Albie's not home, and so the dad just has to, you know, he has to get stepping, he has to go elsewhere. Where does he head to? He heads to the milkshake diner from earlier in the movie that Marika had referred to as not changing one bit. It definitely didn't. But I, I want to know, Scott, did you notice in the background... There was someone following him the whole time. He's being tailed. I, really? I, I didn't see him. It was really, really, really conspicuous. <laughs> I've got, he's being... Who is tailing? His own father that he... 
who is alive before his eyes for the first time in yes. 13 years, who is quietly tailing him from six meters away instead of running up, screaming and hugging him. A yeah. father of mine left me when I was a child. Oh my goodness, no, he's sullenly tailing him. It is our boy, E-Role Player. There's the funnest of E-Role Player. E-Role Player. <laughs> There's a fantastic moment where Uh, daddy almost turns round and catches him looking and he does the look down his feet yeah. doesn't move no, no, just no, looks no, like oh no. what's going on here not <laughs> that he would bad. even be recognised wouldn't even need to try that hard no. wouldn't even need to try that hard honestly for a for a very smart scientist daddy is dumb yeah, yeah, yeah. in the diner so uh, so Errol follows him into the diner and just sits down right next to him hey hey friend wanna, wanna hey, share you a ordering coffee me? I want coffee too oh you yeah. look familiar friend hello <laughs> <laughs> Look into my eyes, father. <laughs> it gets really sort of ham-fisted. He he yeah. he plays coy with him for way too long. Again, father who ab- abandoned me 13 years ago that I have missed every day since traumatized me to no end. And I will sit down and and very coyly just have a chat of like, oh yeah, you are. Uh, You're an academic. Yeah, I'm an academic too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm into some stuff. Are you into some stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah me too. Oh, we're yeah. into the same stuff. We, That's weird. Are we similar? That's weird. Yeah. I am your son. My, yeah, yeah. So just... <laughs> can, I, can I say, by the way, I know we've talked about H. Joe's looks throughout this film. I think he's spiffy in his 40s attire. I think this is the first time he looks like he suits what he's wearing. I couldn't agree more. He, he is a man made for that suit in the mm. 40s, even 50s, he's, even 60s. He's a baby made for that suit. Can we, I, 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 mean, <laughs> I went back down on it. I think they look like a pair of fantastic brothers hanging out, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Rufus Sewell looks great, as always. Never yeah, looked bad in a movie. And when, when he's talking to him, um, I know that we all know the motivation is to go back and see Einstein. But when he's trying to explain to his son the reason that he's gone back, and he basically says, well, I've sort of just come back to brag at Einstein that I fixed his problem. Like, it's just, he can't even word it well enough to his own son to explain why he's there. I, I kind of, I liked that line because to me it was like, oh, there's the same arrogance your son has. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. That's like, it's like, you know, it's the same thing. You oh, can, yeah, totally. You can see, it's it's yeah. massive hubris. And mm, yeah. uh, one of the best bits is when H. Joe says, I know you, father. I know you would keep going because he mm. knows the hubris. Yeah, He's felt a little tinge of it himself. Mm. After playing coy with his father, alive before his eyes for the first time in 13 years for way too long, Errol finally reveals all. It gets a bit deep. They head back to Princeton. Uh, Iroli Poli shows Daddy the report of his murder, followed closely by some snapshots e- of his. Iroli. No, don't <laughs> move on. No, uh, no, you're E-Roly not having it. Iroli Poli. You're not. You're not having it. It's a gymnastic move where you where you you roll over and you With call it Iroli Poli. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they head back to Princeton. He shows him first. Here's the report of your murder. I found it on a newspaper. Shows it to him on an iPad, which for the father, who's just come back from the year 2000, has yeah. never gone forward to 2000. And yeah. as a man of science, I would be like, that's great. So you're saying you think this guy who was murdered is me. Yeah, fantastic. What's this magical glowing tablet you yeah. have here, son? We can um, launch a moon on this. Launch a moon? Launch a rocket to the moon on this. Did you notice the room number they're in? I did not. Oh. Please don't say it's 41. Please don't it's say it's not, 41. It's Thanks. not. Yes. Now, <laughs> now, I don't know if the, the actual room number is shown for that room, but it certainly says on one of the walls um, that there's, a, there's storage in room 102. Now, this may or may not be a reference, but room 101 is the room in 1984 where basically you are tortured and nothing ever comes back from. You go into room 101 and you never come back. 
Daddy oh, went definitely. into room 102 and never came back. Definitely and I just right. feel That's like good. that, that, that must is, be yeah, a little reference. Yeah. Nice. Or maybe he's in room 102 now, so this one will be the one he does, he does come, come back, back from. from. Yeah. Like it. Nice. After showing him the report of his own murder, he shows him the, the crazy snapshots of his brick drawing frenzy. And as they're kind of backwards and forward, forwardsing, uh, Errol's starting to kind of berate his father. How could you do this? Why did you do it? Why did you do it? You know, on and on. Understandably, Errol says... Errol says he's got no wife, no child. Both my parents are dead. That's part of his ramping up of like, you don't understand what you did, father. I've got no wife, no child. Both my parents are dead where I come from. You're just, you're just not married to Grace. She's yeah. still your partner. Yeah, <laughs> she's mean, still with you. If she's not your wife, that's on you. It's just a scheduling, proposed. It's just a asked, scheduling error. You can't blame the fact that you like didn't get married on him. Blame right. the fact, blame the mum. It's just a lot, Errol. Yeah, like, it chill. Is. It's enough to say to him, hey, mum killed herself because you went missing. That's more yeah. than yeah. enough. So to then on, on top of it say, or and just also, my life's over because you went missing. To yeah. lump on, and the movie does this thing constantly where it's trying to pitch us that Errol is broken and shattered mm. and, and his life is miserable. And it's only at the end that he realizes, oh, my life wasn't actually that miserable. I did have some, a lot of good stuff going, especially with Grace. Uh, you know, I've been neglecting the good things and focusing on the bad stuff. But at no point did I ever think that the timeline that we worked in for this movie, the timeline we've sat in for this movie, is is worse for Errol than it is for Marika. Mm. Marika, partly because Marika kills herself because she can't handle yeah. things, but also because she is consistently kind of tortured. And yes, Errol is younger, but his father's gone. Her husband is gone. She is her torment. To me, is like r- double. Completely what agree. His torment. I completely yeah? agree. He's yeah. he's basically grown up without a dad, which is uh, terrible. But she has lost the love of her life with no explanation. And, and has had to raise a child on yeah. her own without a father. And it's, yeah, it's like... How oh, confused man. would you be with him giving her that, that strong, loving kiss? You would sit there and toss it over your... Uh, toss and turn it over it yeah. in your head constantly. You'd say, yeah. well, he wasn't going to cheat on me because that kiss was genuine. He and, loved And she's me. reading that book about people who disappeared, like, deliberately. So yeah. she's obviously... She's still convinced that he's left he's her left deliberately. Her, yeah. I think Gillian Anderson, you mentioned earlier on, Adam, the quality of her acting. She really sells it. She does a, I, she does a really good job. She's superb in yeah. this. I, I think she's great. And it's like a real, it's not It's not too much, the whole thing. I mean, you, you see some films that deal with this sort of topic and it's it can be too much. It's too much to watch. But I think it's like she is she is completely broken. Look at the mm. difference between Just, Gillian Anderson and Alex and Curvature talking about suicide. And not that Gillian Anderson talks about it, but look at the ways in which the movies deal with it. Very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, I, although you're not 100% happy with the chat he has with his dad, it does initially seem to have worked. He's mm. like, do you know what? You, you're completely you're right. right. Everything you've said is true. I'm still going to go see Einstein, though. I'm still, I'm still so on I, it. I just need a couple of days. Well, you've told me about the murder now, bro. So I so can I totally avoid it. It's a very logical way of thinking about it. I totally yeah. understand. Errol's prepared. Errol knows this about his dad. He knows that his father is the kind of man who believes in the safeguards so strongly that... It doesn't. The, the fact that you've come and told him, "Hey, you're about to be mugged and shot in three hours," hypothetically, Errol's father will just turn around and say, "No problem. I'm a scientist who invented time travel, so I'm pretty serious about this whole kind of thing." And the fact that you've told me this, uh, my understanding of time travel dictates that I can now just avoid it. Yes, and continue on. I just need a couple more days because these safeguards are so important, which I really respect. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly the motivation seemed a little silly to start with. Of 
you know, it's, I'm just going back to chat with Einstein. The reality is that he's making a really good point here of, he he knows how time travel works and he knows that it will be abused and he wants to make sure it won't be. And even he admits that what he's doing now is kind of abusing it, but at least it has good ends. Yeah, he's abusing it for a reason that is for like for the greater good, if you like, because uh, he's just created the most important thing that's ever been created oh, easily, in human history. Easily, the most important and, and immediately, you we we know from other time travel films, people just abuse time travel, <laughs> and it, it makes it me, immediately. I think the I think the bit where he goes over the where he crosses the Rubicon, it just becomes a bit much. Is when he tries to draft uh, Errol into helping him work yes, on the time probably. travel. The thing is, though, I side with Daddy. I think it would make way more sense if he did get to Einstein and did explain. You know, we need to set out, you know, barriers and and boundaries here for the usage of time travel. And honestly, Errol's been a bit selfish. Of yeah, but but my life's sad. Okay, but this <laughs> this might it. save the entire history mm. of humankind. Yeah, he says, oh, it's the family or the device, basically. Uh, Errol. Uh, yeah, then it's the device. The, I'm sorry. Is, yeah, I want yeah, to yeah. well, I want yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you guys is Errol makes it quite abundantly clear to him. It's the family or this. It's the family or time traveling. It's the family or what you're doing right now. Errol, the character and the script doesn't intimate that Errol has got to the uh, he's got to the conclusion that of almost like predestination, not to mention the word as a coloured word uh, as far as our podcast is concerned. But Errol is almost behaving as if the shooting is going to happen regardless. Mm. Uh, so you need to decide against what you're doing and come back. He's made it. It's this. It's it's two paths. He's put a fork in the road, and I genuinely don't think that needs to be the case. As you said, James, I agree with Dad in as much as no, no, no. There could be many paths in the road. Uh, Grandpa drew you the diagram earlier in the movie. You he know, there's loads did. of tracks. Well, I think that's it. I think what's happened is by Errol going back to meet his father, he's opened up an, within that timeline another line because all that Daddy has to do is stay away from the area that he knows he will get mugged in. Just go hang out with Einstein. Have have dinner. Wait stay 24 over. hours. Hang out. Yeah. Wait 24 hours. It doesn't matter. You know that that event has now been changed. So he's right. He says, of course it's family. Of course my choice is family. But just give me two days. And it's like, because I'm doing this for the family. Because if I don't, it's going to get real when somebody finds out how to use this time machine back. I'm already here. So, yeah, you I mean, know, let's why, get... Why and now you're now? here with me. In fact, Errol, why don't you go have the chat with Einstein and then I won't die and I'll go back. You get to yeah. have a happy life, but this version of you also gets to fix the problem. Yeah. Jobs are good. But I mean, Errol's just... He's whiny. <laughs> but, yeah. but also, it's because we're about to have one of the darkest time travel scenes I think we've ever had. Yeah. That whilst it's, it's awful... I actually do like as part of this film. Yeah. Errol knows his father won't stop. Errol has felt a bit of this time travel creation motivation. He knows the kind of person that he is and he knows the kind that he at least remembers somewhat of the person his father was. Errol knows how important safeguards are to his father because they're very important to Errol. They are more important to Errol. Errol is here to debut the ultimate safeguard because he knows his father won't stop. His father is breaking bread with Einstein, no matter what you say. And so how, how does he decide, you know what, I'm going, I'm really going to hit home with dad. I've told him about me losing my child. I've told him about mum killing herself. It's not enough for this man. So we get a quick glimpse of Errol fixing some of the key moments in his life, making sure that he leaves a drawing of some Lego on the ground for his younger self, nudging himself in Grace's direction. Marry this woman in the future. There's not a single way in, on the, in the planet that if you had 
brought a drawing to me as a nine-year-old of me next to a girl <laughs> in my class and said, have a baby with her in the future. That would have been a, what? <laughs> so, mom, mom, yeah. there's a weird drawing in my room. But regardless, he that's a safeguard of Errol's and he's putting that in place just to guarantee that he gets grace in the future. Because what's the route he's decided to go? He pulls out the Glock and he shoots himself square in the temple. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's like shocking. Jesus. I, I see. I when he, when he because you see him earlier on go to a gun range and he picks a gun up and he's obviously going to go and practice shooting. And I was like, oh, he's going to try and shoot the mugger. Yeah, that was I think everyone's first thought. I, I no, was I, I was even toying with the notion that is he going to shoot his own father? Accidentally, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought accidentally maybe he's the one because you you never find out who the mugger is. I was like maybe he accidentally kills his dad and that's how this ends. And it, you can't escape from what you've exactly, already yeah, done. Or right? even that. He is the one who dies. He's the one who takes a gun. It's wrestled from him by his dad. His dad shoots him. Yeah. And then that's the reason for the film. He yeah. had the pocket watch in his pocket all along because yeah. of yada, yada, yada. Yeah. yeah, I could. To- I absolutely did not think he was going to kill himself. It's and so not for like, those reasons. It's so shocking as well. Like, like, the dad's covered in blood and he's on the floor and he's holding him and he's like... And that obviously is enough to shock him and bring him into, like, Errol's way of thinking. I wrote down, by the way, H. Joe just blew his brains out. And the very next thing we see in the scene is the image of the roadmap he wrote on the wall where he wrote, blows his brains out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fantastic thing to leave for Grace so that when she wakes up in the morning, he kissed her goodbye to go off on his time travelling. But she's going to go downstairs and be like, oh. Oh, he's going to kill himself. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, Yeah, just as like everything erases because he resets. And again, the movie wants you to think that like there are multiple timelines. So Grace's timeline might go on. The movie only lasts for a minute and a half after this. It immediately, you know, emotionally scars the father. The dad decides I'm immediately going back to the year 2000 where he sees his son, his wife. Brain still in his head. Brain still in his head. Everything's okay. <sighs> Crisis averted. End film. It's a very, quite an abrupt end. Like, I think it's quite risky to have your main character shoot himself in the head under two minutes from the end of the film. Mm. It was the thing I liked the most about it, though. Honestly, yeah, I, agree. I, I didn't love this film, but I really liked how brutal they made the ending because it had been a brutal film. If it had been all wrapped up neatly in a bow, it would have felt wrong. And so to have it end with just a little bit more trauma, I think was the best way to do it, really. Well, also, I mean, presumably at this point, Errol can't, go back to his timeline because his timeline hasn't changed. Uh, yeah. If he goes back, he hasn't convinced his father to do anything different. So he doesn't know if it's a, he's just going to go back to that horrible timeline where his mother's dead, where he's lost his child. Why would you? There's nothing else for him back there, is there? That's true, yeah. Yeah. I you, yeah, you, I agree. You have to you have to rely on the fact that I've convinced dad to do what I've said. So now I'll go back and it'll be different. Because and if it's not different, it's not. Back. He might not like, even exist. Like, if it if it really works the way he thinks it works, which I don't think it does, mm. he wouldn't exist anyway. No. So he would, his dad would go back if he does, and he would stop existing. Or his dad doesn't go back and he has a miserable life. So ultimately, it makes a lot of sense to shoot yourself. I mean, if he just hung around until daddy had achieved what he was trying Hanging to do that's what well, I thought I like, he would he have hasn't... just gone pop out of existence and he wouldn't have he would never have gone back would he it feels like the extreme action of a man who has who is at the end of his tether yeah absolutely you know? uh, he's because done. he doesn't you know in doing his brick 
diagrams, his crazy brick diagram, he probably maybe there are like seven or eight offshoots, seven or eight end terminated lines where he realizes, yep, I did this, I did this, I did this. And I think the end goal there is that my father probably still goes and gets shot in the alley and he's run it out to every possible eventuality he thinks uh, will happen. Now, and in almost everyone, he thinks, well, no, my dad is a, I just, it feels really extreme to me that like you didn't try more to have a world in which you didn't have to emotionally scar your father to that extent. Although maybe mm. it's just a revenge scarring. Yeah, you've done enough to me. Here's a little bit for you. And what I would love to see, obviously not from the actual film, but in real life, would be a discussion over um, with his girlfriend, Grace, about how she feels about the separation of the timelines. She's obviously more into the social sciences side of things. She also believes in souls, as we find out. Yeah. Does she think that Haley has two souls now? Has he got one soul split in half? I'd love to have that conversation. Mm. Yeah. Um, Is she even going to be aware of it? I mean, when now that his father goes back and so, you know, the father's disappearance never happened, uh, Errol will be will have a lovely childhood and have a lovely upbringing and everything will be great. Grace won't won't have a clue that anything has happened. But the Grace we spend the movie with, as I, as I mentioned earlier, she says, do you think you can recreate the soul of this baby? Uh, you know, were she to ever be enlightened, she may well have some some strong opinions of, yes, we've had four children now, but you're telling me that at, at one point, yes, Errol will say, oh, you, you lost the baby. We lost the baby. So, you know, there was never a baby soul that I've sacrificed. But... It's an it's an interesting chat to have, not one that the movie has enough, but I don't think the movie's more I don't think the movie is any more interested in the notion of the soul and and the rights and wrongs as opposed to just using it as a plot device, as opposed to using it as another inciting uh, element for Errol. Mm, no, I agree with you. I think it's I think it is shocking, but Errol is obviously committed to the fact that this is I mean, he's had that plan since he went into the past. So he's committed to it from the beginning. I think that tonally, in light of what Errol does right at the end of the film, I think that tonally, if I give you the beats of this film, or if you, you know, someone said, oh, hey, so tell me about the time travel film you guys just watched. Oh, yeah, it's a film where of the main cast, one abandons his family, one commits suicide, and the other also commits suicide, but to scar his own father. Oh, and the fourth character loses uh, a baby as well. The only person who, you know, manages to get a little glimmer of hope is 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 grandpa who's worked his grandson to the bone and just to uh, get some action and has a bit on the side. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's just Probably dour, off. you know, like I thought curvature was yeah. kind of miserable, yeah, but curvature yeah, yeah. had this whole redeeming feature for me, at least of the fact that it lost me and then got me back and then lost me again. Yeah. And honestly, it's quite hard to have a, a happy go lucky time travel film. You can have uh, thrillers, you can have horror films, although we think we need to discuss if we've got any of those. You can have um, kind of comedies, I suppose, but really it's quite hard to do a time travel film without there being a great tragedy to kind of cause it. There's got to be something, you've got to have, because otherwise it's only wins, isn't it? Yeah, and I'm you, not I'm you, not against there being losses, no, but I yeah. mean, sweet Jesus, this that's is a lot, lot of loss. Is, maybe this is all the losses that any time travel movies let's need. Talk, let's talk about the time travel mm, sure. in it. Let's just, if we just, everything else to the side, uh, you know, the the not the plot, because we need the plot for the time travel, but you know what I mean, all the acting, directing, and the tone and all that, but let's just talk about the time travel. This is a story in which a man goes back in time, 
goes missing. So his son later on decides, I am going to go back in time and stop him from doing this. The novel element is, yes, he stops him from doing it by killing himself. But the, the only novel element for time travel purposes is, I'm not just going to Ebenezer Scrooge him and go and tell him at some point before 2000 not to do this. I'm going to track him to 46 to do this. Cool. Fine. Great. On board with it. It's nothing, you know, but I think a lot of the, all of the other stuff, all of the, the kind of like the, the, the big emotional kind of ups and downs, it's all just, he needs to figure out time travel. His dad's gone missing. Great. Okay. Now we'll have his, his mum kill herself. Yeah. And then next up, we're going to have them lose the baby. Uh, and then he shoots himself. It just feels a bit, Yeah. I don't know if the movie, I don't know if the movie earned it. I'm not saying it's bad and I'm not even necessarily disagreeing. It just felt a bit at the end of this movie that I was like, yeah, yeah. All the time travel was, was actually, the time travel was fine. It's very simple. There's just two trips. Mm. Um, and there's a lot of time de- dealing with the emotional repercussions, which I really like. I like the emotional yeah. repercussions of what if your dad had time traveled and, and really screwed you over. <laughs> but it gets a bit much at the end for me anyway. The part of this film that I dislike the most is the end scene. Because I feel like he, the dad comes back. He comes back a day early. Mum is shocked. She's like, Where have, why have you come back so early? Um, he he still has the knowledge that he just watched his own son commit suicide in front of him. How how do you get past that? Because of him. Because of because him. Because of himself, yeah. So how do you get past that? And He has to live it, like that it, forever it le- now. It leaves it on a note at the end of the film that's like, well, everything was okay then. I don't believe that for one second. I don't believe everything was all right for that family. Errol will grow up fine now, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, Marika won't kill herself now. Uh, no, she won't. Th- theoretically. Him and Grace may never get together. They That's may, just the they, luck yeah, they thing. May, they may, yeah, but and, you know, and they've, got, they've got a Lego diagram to guide they them. They have. But There's the father no... is going to be a mess. Yeah, and also, he invented time travel. And it's all How gone, do you it's leave that bin. behind? It's all gone in the bin. Because your son made it time travel or me. Yeah. When he didn't need to. When he didn't need to. A- and it means that someone else will almost certainly invent it. He's not the smartest yeah. man in the entire world. Not someone else will eventually do it. His son might. Potentially, yeah. And potentially have, you know, Maleficent goals in mind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there are, there are this 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 film is, is a uh, depressing run. I'll, I'll admit. I d- and, and yet I wasn't like, I mean... I was surprised by the yeah. depressing content. I wouldn't say I was depressed because your boy loves a time travel film, you know? And <laughs> yeah. I love talking about it with you guys above all else because it is, there's definitely a lot of fat to chew here. Um, mm. Do you want some Do you want some sort of film facts about please. it? Please. It, it doesn't really have a theatrical release, so box office numbers are a bit weird, but it, it was released at the Fantasia Film Festival in Canada, oh, which yeah. is also where Lost Chrono Criminals was released first. Uh, I'd love to a bunch go of to stuff. that one day, yeah. by the way. Like, I totally did, think did the three that, of us should go. Yeah, that's where Inglorious Bastards was first shown. Really? Yeah. Oh, I had fantastic. no idea that was the case, which is an odd choice, I think, because some, some of the stuff that's on Fantasia's list every year is well out there for, yeah. like, terms of filmmaking. But, yeah, we definitely should go there one year. That'd be great. Um... Some other little things. Um, I did have sort of like DVD sales numbers. Um, it, it <laughs> out, made out of Haley Joel Osment's boots. <laughs> yeah, it made one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in DVD sales. About half of that in Blu-ray sales and videotape sales as well. And how weirdly much, enough, how much did it cost? Um, I don't know. I never found a budget for it. I have no idea. Whatever curvature cost. Whatever curvature. You know? Sixteen pounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, the composer, interestingly enough, if we want a time travel link, um, he's done a couple of other time travel scores 
I felt like wow. the music was ripping off uh, Spider-Man this whole movie. Oh, yeah. Really? I felt really like, yeah, really. And the mask as well. There's lots of very loud violins in dramatic Well, moments. there's like, he's done all sorts of things. Like, remember the Brendan Fraser journey to the center of the earth? Oh, yeah. He did both of those. He did Rampage, the one with the, like, oh, giant ape. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he also did one called Time Freak. Which is a time, time travel freak. movie, and it's a, yeah. Time I looked into freak. it. Is that it's on our radar? 2018. It probably should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. It'll really be weird. on some list. And just like it's described as a techno thriller. It is not. No, <laughs> it's not. Techno. A techno it's not, sadness. It's not a thriller. There's nothing, there's nothing not, techno about it. Particularly techno. No, I'd say it's quite analog because it's just maths and a. And a Porthole box and a at the end. Watch. Yeah, 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 exactly. And they go back to forty six. So mm. the the only other thing I found was that um, Susanna Fornia, who um, plays Grace, she's also in the Twelve Monkeys series, little bit and a little little way. Also, another time travel movie she's in. She's in X Men: Days of Future Past. Oh, is I she? spotted that, and I had to look. She's a flight attendant. She's a flight uh, attendant. Let's not I get. I was going to say I didn't recognize yeah, 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 yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah, but yeah, we can count that. Um, but that was it, really. I, you know, it's it's fairly bog standard in terms of in terms of sort of straight to DVD release. If this was served to you in a restaurant, what meal would this be? Because I I would argue, think of depressing meals. Think of meals that you would eat. Were you already sad, or meals that would make you sad? I feel like this is just uh, like. Like a really disappointing salad. Just like what Someone's... if it's a salad with no main event? So yeah, you know, it's like there's a tuna salad oh, yeah. or a chicken salad or yeah. a cheese salad. There's yeah. nothing. It's a build your own salad, but just as you arrive at the buffet, <laughs> someone finishes the last egg and tuna, yeah. and all you've got is lettuce with no dressing yeah, and wet croutons. And right at the end, you have to shoot yourself in the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's nice. rank this bad boy. We have, this is number 10 on our esteemed list, we're, and it's a, a gorgeous looking nine that we're about to insert continuum slash I'll follow you down into. For the listeners, our list in ascending order is, at the bottom, propping everything up, we have 41. Following that very closely, A Sound of Thunder. We then get into the middle, we have The Jacket in seventh place, followed by Curvature, ARQ. And then at the top of the list, in fourth place, The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, Los Crono Crimenes, leading up to the top two of The Infinite Man and our number one primer. I think I know where this lives. I think I know where it lives as well. So I don't think it's quite as out there bad as 41, but I do think it's it's much more depressing than some of the other films we've had. The only one I can think of that's on a similar level is The Jacket. The jacket's time travel is just a little bit more wonky than this. So I, even though I think this is a worst film, I think it has to go above the jacket just in terms of usable, doable time travel. Bang on. That's exactly what I thought it was. It's, I, My argument was that I think the acting is considerably better than Curvature, but I can't put it above Curvature. I think it belongs below Curvature and above the jacket. I think the jacket's time travel is not as good as this. I know there's very little time travel in it, but it is succinct and it is down straight down to earth, down to the point we're, we're there. I think that's where it lives. We are in unanimous agreement, Great. gentlemen. I'm very happy to say, yeah. I was a bit worried that you might try and put it above curvature. First place. Uh, which I, I just, <laughs> I, I couldn't. Uh, no. No, it's, as a time travel film, 
even though there is not a lot of time travel that happens and you have to wait a long time to see the time travel machine to see anybody time travel properly the movie care, the mo- the plot of the movie is someone has been messed up by time travel and someone is dealing with the consequences of time travel and someone then is tries to themselves so everything is about time travel miserable as it may be it is still a very bonafide time travel film i think in that regard and i the only reason that i would say it, the acting is i would say is better than curvature agreed i would say that the pacing of the movie is better than curvature and i would say that the script is better than curvature it's, it's just it's a more interesting plot line than curvature i think but curvature as we mentioned when we were talking about the movie has a very unique element in its time travel presentation yes. that the time traveler is the one who has no idea what's going on yeah. and it's themselves before they've time traveled that has all of the knowledge and all of the wisdom in this we're not dealing with kind of multiple people we're not dealing with someone being wise and someone being dumb it's just a a, a movie about someone going back and either making a good choice or a bad choice so i would say that as for time travel's sake yeah it's it's underneath curvature but yeah uh, definitely above the jacket a movie that's much more concerned with a, a weird relationship with Kira knightley and, yeah. and adrian brody a, a than very it troubling is yeah, relationship. Yeah. and that's uh, we always rank these on what what we consider it as a time travel movie that's the important factor in all this and 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 curvature does something different with its time travel there isn't anything special about the time travel in this movie in fact the the overall plot of this film it's not it's not super amazing it's nowhere near as kind of complicated as some of the other films we've got but the time travel is as you said scott succinct Mm. i'm probably having a deflated souffle more than a salad where the main event has been taken away mid-meal yeah, yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna I think you're right. Souffle. At least the souffle is delicious, even if it's a bit wonky. Yeah. The, yeah. the plain salad, who wants that? Yeah, yeah. exactly. I don't yeah. want my waiter to go missing at the beginning of the meal and then halfway through the chef kills herself and then at the end of the meal I also have to explain to the waiter who originally yeah. left how much of a grave mistake he'd made by killing myself. It's just not how I roll. I mean, that was that journey you've just taken us, Scott, <laughs> yeah. was, was better than this film. It was. Oh, thank you it so was. much. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, uh, guys... I say it every episode. It's never uh, more true than today. The movies, they come and go, but the chats with you, to and fro. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do uh, say that the, every I time, say, Scott. I yeah. say it all the time. time. I just, uh, sorry, yeah, I, the rhyme was irresistible, theme. seemingly. No, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the movies are the movies, but it's the chats with you that make them so special. Uh, enjoyed it hugely. And... Mm. James, you mentioned earlier on, talking about it and breaking it down and kind of uh, uh, chewing over some of the moral decisions in this movie, has I will remember this movie infinitely more than I would have done had we not spoken oh, about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I mean, mm. I, I would if I'd just seen this film and there was no rhyme or reason for why, I would have forgotten it by now, as with many other Netflix and Amazon specials. Yeah. But because we've had this chat, I will probably mention this again to some of my friends and say, hey, mm. the, I watched this film. It's a bit shit, but... You might want to give it a go. Yeah. You'll know like three of the actors in it, which you don't get in in a lot of the other films on our list. So yeah. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much. Wonderful as always. Uh, We will see our fantastic listeners again next time for something uh, wildly different in terms of emotional tone, thankfully. Thank God. (laughs) See you again. To and fro. Bye. (laughs) 
And that brings to a close another episode of Time Travel Film Club. If you'd like to share TTFC with your college professor or any attractive administrators, our episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher. And we'd be hugely grateful if you could leave us a rating and review so that our club can reach more ears. As always, if you'd like to get in touch with us... On Facebook at Time Travel Film Club, on Twitter at Time Travel Club, and the subreddit r slash Time Travel Film Club, or an email to timetravelfilmclub at gmail.com. Our next episode will be 2020's Palm Springs, which you can find on Amazon Prime Video at time of recording. Until then, love from the past, see you in the future. <laughs>